Hear that, Henry? Um, do I hear what? Exactly. There's no horrible puns in this podcast. It's the sound of zero puns this week. Yeah, we can uh, announce a pun-free a pun-free podcast. In the same with this podcast is 100% GMO free. This podcast is going to be 100% <laughs> pun Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. This is episode 156, I believe. Sound. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. And we are here to talk about games, and we are talk- here to talk about things. And we are here not to say puns. Just the gruesome twosome this week. Mm-hmm. And despite the ongoing police investigation and all allegations pointing otherwise and what was said last week at the end of last week's podcast, I did not murder Alex. But he's never coming no. back, and he's off the podcast forever. <laughs> uh, no, we yeah. actually, he's actually in L.A. ironically visiting family, but his all his equipment's up north in Portland. So while well, me and Henry actually physically got to be in the same room as him, he was not going to be on the podcast this week because of complications with that. Yeah, and you know, and I like that he got a good chance to you know visit all of his family yeah. while he's down, or at least as much as his family as he can fit in, like possibly in each hour of the yes. day. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it would have been nice to be able to do a live podcast, but yeah, that that wasn't in the works really. I mean, we hadn't planned anything out like that. So the answer is maybe next year. Like the studio yeah. is. I'm actually I work on the studio a bunch tomorrow, so. Hopefully in the near future we'll get that more set up so it will be possible. Right now, none of us really have a space that works for that just yet. Yeah, not really. I mean, no. yeah, I don't have enough room where I usually record. I, in theory, have enough room. It's just the equipment I have currently is definitely not up to the task. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to this week, man? I... Um, honestly, I didn't play that much in the way of games. I def- I didn't play anything new, really, or anything recent. Um, but I did get up to something I felt like was really awesome. So, I did one of those 4D VR experiences. Oh? Oh, yeah. I I didn't even know that they had them in town or that you could, that they were affordable now. I yeah. Mean, that's really the big thing. Like it's super affordable. It was re- actually very cheap. And we talked uh, so those have been a long time listen to the podcast. We talked about I think like a Ghostbusters version of that. And I, <clears throat> I personally have been dying to try one of these. And we were hanging out actually literally yesterday. Henry mentioned these were in town. I was like, oh shit, they're actually here. So this is like this. This shouldn't be a new thing to anyone. But like none of us have actually done these yet. So what was this one? I guess Henry. All right, so this one was a uh, horror themed one, and kind of escape roomish, and that's it. So it so it was kind of like doing a VR. It was definitely like doing a VR game, and so this one was called uh, Nicodemus, Demon of Evanishment, and it was at a place called the Void, which is a chain, and so this this one, it was 
intense. I mean, that's one way I would definitely describe it. It was massively intense. It was really, really awesome. And so, in case you don't know what 4D is kind of used to refer to, it's it's for these VR setups that aren't just virtual, but there's a physical thing beyond them. Well, it's right, not just so 4D. Walls... Uh, if you're a theme park person, you like all those theaters where they shoot water at you and have fans and stuff. Those are also technically 4D experiences. Yeah, and so they tried to have, for example, walls where there are actually walls. If there's like a, a something to grab, like there's an actual thing to pick up, or if there's something you need to push or turn or open, mm-hmm. then there's a physical object behind there. And so when you reach out for it in the in VR, you're actually end up grabbing something actually t- like grabbing and manipulating an object and so yeah but the, also they added what you mentioned like water sprays yeah as oh yeah there's also it's an entire setup so they're all standalone setups as well and so it's not like you're tethered to anything you're carrying around your computer i'm assuming they're all connected via wi-fi that's I, probably how they're all connected was it heavy like I- Obviously, you'd have a scale it's, with you, but like, were you wearing like fifty pounds of gear, ten pounds of gear? I'd say probably fifteen pounds of gear. It was not that. It was not that light. So it consisted of three main parts, really. So it had a there's a and they're kind of they're all connected, mm. and so the backpack section is the computer, and it has a large rechargeable battery that they can kind of swap in and out when they need to. And that's basically the computer, and I and I guess some other sensors, probably, from what I could tell. And then that is strapped onto you via a special vest, and the vest is one of those React vests or Rumble vests or something. Well, in any case, it's the whole thing is like a Rumble pack. It it the whole thing will shake, and it's it's yeah, pretty intense. I mean, it was pretty heavy duty. Mm. And then, of course, the third part was just the helmet itself. Well, so, like, so if, if you were to explain what you looked like when all this stuff was on, like, was it a VR, just like they strapped the goggles to your face, or was it like a full-on helmety thing? Like, are, were you oh, in no, Master Chief or some weirdo with a backpack and, like, a bunch of cables all over you? Yeah, I mean, they minimize the amount of cables, and so there's not so many cables going on around you. But yeah, you kind of look like a... And I'll put out the picture a little later yeah. on my own uh, Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> but uh yeah essentially you're strapped up you kind of look like a space marine gotcha so yeah it's a fu- it's a full like heavy duty vr helmet like i mean it'd be comparable to the oculus or anything like that but yeah so you put on this uh pretty big contraption and and i think just because of the weight of the whole thing mm-hmm. it it's only about 15 to 20 minutes the entire the entire thing Okay, so it's so, heavy enough you get tired, though, after an extended period of time, probably. I think you would. I, I didn't, I mean, at certain points, you practically forget you have it on. Sure. Until it's, like, going nuts and shaking you. Sure. And, yeah. Also, there are microphones. In, and, like, a, so there's definitely a microphone and speaker system okay. built into it, so you could hear each other. Yes, that's, 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 like, able- that's like team speaker for communicating with the facility. Team speak. Okay. I'm not quite sure what the reason for that was, other than I think 
Well, because one of the things they do, or I don't want to give away too much of it, but I think it's so that um, maybe other people don't hear you talking about it from outside of it. Sure. So, it, so you, because your mouth ends, you end up, you know, your the helmet covers your mouth too, and so you're very much covered. Like that's like I said, that's why it's even a little bit like a like more like a full helmet because the microphone is embedded in there too and so you have this uh, so you basically are communicating in real time with everybody else but now it's covered up so i remember a group going in before me and i didn't really hear them not very well that is and i'm pretty sure that's because they were covered up and communicating via this team speak mm-hmm. and so i think that that also helps there again not give away the secrets but because especially something like what I did, the one the particular one that I did, I mean, I don't even want to talk about it too much because I don't want to ruin it if somebody wants to do it. It's that good. Cool. It was that intense. It was super good. And it was relatively cheap too. It was only like thirty five or forty bucks. I, I forget is is somewhere in between there. And so compared to what it was like hundreds when it first when these things first started mm-hmm. popping up. And so, yeah, so it's become very affordable. Hmm. Uh, it's generally for, like, I think groups one to four, like four max. And so, but yeah, they have you go through this kind of a mini maze. It feels a lot bigger than it is just because of the way they do a lot of trickery. And so, because VR can really play with your head on what's sure. going on, let's just say that there's definitely some surprises in it. And at certain times, it feels like you're moving. like like you're moving along and you're not actually and so and yeah it's yeah it's a pretty extraordinary experience there is gamified elements to it as there are to all of them uh i noticed that there also had some now we didn't have one for hours but there are guns there are also some okay. virtual guns i'm sure there's something like laser tag ish guns or something like that oh yeah the one i referenced the um the Ghostbusters one was you busting ghosts, so yeah, yeah. This one, the Void, it seems to be either owned by or affiliated with Disney, huh? And so a lot of so this one in particular, the Nicodemus one, is unique. That one, that one, I think is de- seems to be developed like by in house by them. But the other two things that they had there when I, at the one I went to were a Wreck It Ralph one and a Star Wars one. And so, and I, and I noticed just when I was signing off on the, of, because of course you have to sign a waiver. So I noticed, I just noticed whenever I was signing off on the waiver mm-hmm. that the, that there was something about Disney, like Disney subsidiary or something like that in there. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Looking at the other two things that they're putting on. Sure. And, and I think the, I think both of the other two just because they show kind of some preview of the other two. They both involve using one of the virtual guns. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, and so yeah, that makes a lot of sense for the Star Wars one, and it makes us. And I guess it also makes sense for the Wreck It Ralph one. That one seems to be you going through a bunch of video game worlds. Sure. Which, I think, I think that one might be fun. But really, the one that we did, which was actually for a friend's birthday, that one really, that one was definitely up my alley. Because I love horror movies, I love horror media, 
in general, like mm. I love horror video games. But yeah, I yeah I like to be scared because I scare very easily. And also, this one had a bit of a escape room element to it, and so I like I like escape rooms as well. So I mean, it's kind of it kind of hit both of those things. And yeah, is I've never been anything quite like it. Definitely really nice setup, really cool setup, but it's crazy that it's actually affordable now. Like, really affordable. I mean, that's not a whole lot of money to spend. I mean, granted, it's not very long, but considering all the technology involved as well as just the the whole setup, like, mm-hmm. not even just the the 4D part of it also took takes a lot of work to sync all that and make sure all of that is working correctly, so... I just remember one of the first things that happens is you get, of course, you get virtual avatars. Mm-hmm. So we're looking around at each other and just like it's it's picked kind of randomly. So we just and but it also it's in real time detecting where your hands are. So it huh. doesn't. There's no sensor. You aren't holding sensors. They're just using sensors to see where your body parts are. Interesting. Like was there like were there gloves or anything like that that went along with that? No. Huh. No. It was all built into the rig itself, so I'm I'm thinking that the rig or something or the maze or something, I'm guessing it's the rig. I don't know has some sort of a maybe something kind of like a connect on it. Uh, you know, like a connect where it's like a camera, and then the it's an IR camera that's shooting a bunch of IR beams everywhere, so it can see where your hands are because. It was pretty close, actually, especially when, like, when we we're in even reasonable light. It was pretty one to one. Like, I could even like bend my fingers and stuff, and I see myself. I could, I could see myself whenever I need to manipulate mm-hmm. an object or something. And so that's the other thing that I was really surprised on is was that I could look at my hands and they were virtual hands there floating around, and I could look at everybody else and there's a virtual person, and so. And those they also size them up to approximately your height. So when you first see each other, if you if you look quickly, you'll see kind of a tiny version, and it kind of grows like Ant Man to 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 their size, stretches out to their height. So that that was kind of that was kind of a little bit breaking at the very beginning to watch hmm. them kind of Ant Man into existence, but. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually on their website right now. These are this is actually the exact same company that did the Ghostbuster thing. I was kind of curious okay. if there was going to be anything that would show off the tech a little better, so a better sense of it. So it's actually a bunch of locations. They have one in a bunch around California, Dubai, yeah. Edmonton, Alberta, uh, Genting, MY. I'm not sure what that one is. Uh, another one, in LA, Las hmm. Vegas, um, Linden, not London, Utah. Orlando, Florida, um, Santa Monica, Toronto, and West Plano, Texas. I thought there was a New mm. York location for this, but apparently not anymore. Whoa, Plano of all places. That's I, interesting. I, I lived in Plano for uh, huh. when I was very young for a while, so I'm familiar with that. It's it's a suburb of Dallas, like north, just north of Dallas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's quite a few locations. I think... As far as I know, I think it's actually based in Utah. That's so what I think the website the Linden... seems to be conveying, and they also the site seems to imply they may be part of Lucasfilm technically, which might be the Disney connection you were going at. Ah, uh, yes, 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the other two things going on at the one that I was there at was Wreck-It Ralph and the Star Wars experience. Yeah. So, I I wonder. Hmm, I wonder if they'll put one of these in Disney World. I guess we'll have to see that. But. Don't know. I, it's this seems different enough. Like it's like you mentioned, it's a ticketed events, not just to walk in and do it. It's not insanely expensive, but yeah, it's definitely an upcharge at that point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, I mean, Disney has its upcharge stuff, so or does it does right? Yeah, uh, sort of. It's yeah, I. I can't, I haven't been, alright, so, fun fact, I have not been to any Disney thing ever. Like, I haven't been to any of the theme parks. Okay, so. yeah, the, the websites, if you go to the Void's website, they have a pretty good image of what the, um, gear looks like. I, it's, this mm. really is some Space Marine-ass looking shit, I should have looked at this earlier. This yeah. Is, this is actually, like, defendably cool looking. It's a little nerdy, but, like, I'm, I'm watching yeah, well, the Star Wars trailer right now, and it's... Yeah, huh. like I said, so it does fit fit go over your mouth too because there is a speaker system, there is a communication system as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I think in particular it would probably feel right as a, if you were like a stormtrooper. That's what you are. <laughs> That's what you appear to be in this thing. It's yeah, or you're so it a rogue trooper. Definitely like feels like armor? yeah, it definitely feels like you're you're a trooper. You could you're. Space Marine of some sort, so yeah. <clears throat> but I have to say, I oftentimes I definitely it was practically like I wasn't wearing anything. Huh. It was it was, I, I think it was because of the nature of it being a very very frightening experience. Sure, you so forget. It was, yeah, it was super intense. But yeah, that was yeah. It's honestly, I am blown away. I, I. I've done some development for VR. I mean, I've even taught a little bit of development on VR and experimented with it. And, I mean, this is... I mean, that's next level. I mean, when you throw in the 4D aspect, that's So this crazy. has always been the thing I wanted to do in VR. I, I, I mentioned I wanted to do the Ghostbusters thing, but it was kind of unobtainable for a long time. It's, mm -hmm. like, the idea of doing VR in your home has always seemed kind of, like, I don't want to use the word lame, but, like, it's been lame in my opinion. Like, it's the, okay, cool, I'm on my couch in VR, yeah! I, I, not what I ever wanted to do, and the idea of you go to kind of a VR space and it does its thing, that's something I always thought seemed really kind of cool to do, and this, see, like, the website even proclaims, like, You'll believe in VR after you, and I actually kind of believe that because this is what I've always like. This is what I want VR to be at this point in time. Like I, I know yeah. we can't get my dot hack sign future of me putting on the helmet and paralyzing my body and risking death <laughs> in game just yet, but yeah, this is kind of as close as you can get to that, and that seems to be like that seems cool because you're not stuck setting up that whole clear space and you actually are physically touching stuff and. It's immersive at that point, as opposed to like, yeah, you're still some asshole in this computer room, and yeah. this is wireless and enough that you're not dragging around like a hundred pounds of cable, which most VR systems cannot claim. Although the Edge and the new stuff does seem to be a lot better than it used to be. Yeah, the new, oh yeah, the the newest, uh, uh, oh yeah, I mean they have, uh, I forget, the Oculus Go has been superseded by something. The Oculus, yeah, uh, I don't remember. That's also a standalone. 
yeah. system. I forget I forget the name of the new one. I'll it'll come to me. But yeah, this yeah, exactly. This was actually like full on. Like I said, there were walls where there were supposed to be walls, doors where there were supposed to be doors, objects to 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 manipulate and to move around and use. And yeah, that was yeah, that was the thing that really blew me away. It was like, oh, that's a thing I can actually like oh that was yeah, that was kinda crazy to actually be able to feel stuff and then also like the at certain points feeling the water spray. Yeah. And and as well as the react vest, the vib the vibration vest. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty intense experience. But yeah, that's that's the VR what that I wanted more than the like you know, the you know, doing it in your own home, which is cool in its own right, but to actually have it detect objects. Like I said, it, it was set up so that it detected your hands without the need for controllers. And I thought that was that's actually incredibly impressive to me. Hmm. I think that actually might be is the most impressive part to me, honestly, was the fact that I could look at my hands and there's virtual hands there huh. and I'm not didn't don't have to wear any gloves or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I am really curious about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a a very, very complex system that they have set up here. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, the fact that it's now super affordable, I mean, that's not that much in in the scheme of things, yeah. to be honest. And yeah, and I'm glad that I was there with a group of people, I mean, so. This definitely so, appears to that be kind of a thing you want to do with a group. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, you know, it wouldn't be not fun by yourself, but sure. they've, they've built it to be a team experience. It's like they, doing a solo I mean, escape room or escape with randos. Like, it works, but it's not as cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely the highlight of my week. That was, yeah, I mean, yeah, it blew me away. Yeah. It, it really did. I didn't. I mean, I had. To, I did not know what to think of these things. You know, going into it, I didn't sure. have any preconceptions whatsoever. So, yeah. So, what about yourself? I played. I, I, I'm still playing a Plague's Tale and Rage Two, but I kind of stepped down on those. Some Dauntless, a game we talked about a long time ago at this point, officially released this week on Epic Store, uh, PS4, and Xbox, and maybe on Epic Store a week ago. I don't know. It's now kind of fully out there and quote a finished product. I, I remember playing it. God, it feels like two years ago now at this point, at least. And it was at the time someone stabbed to make a Monster Hunter game for the PC audience. Um, I'm gonna kind of make a weird comparison now. I, if you think of Monster, well, you know, Monster Hunter is on PC. It is now. At the time, Monster Hunter World had not been announced. Or yeah, that's true. True. Anything, let alone PC, at that point in time, when the when this game first came to fruition, and it's a free to play game. Uh, it's got a battle pass system to it, which I actually don't think is a bad thing necessarily for Dauntless. But I so I, I would compare this to so actually this is a perfect example. Like if Fortnite is the kind of Fortnite battle is kind of the free to play World of Warcraft cartoony whatever you want to call it, kind of version of a battle royale. This is what that game is compared to Monster Hunter, which is kind of the PUBG, ultra-realistic, 
bullet drop, crazy systems version of the Battle Royale, which would be Monster Hunter. Like the the games are similar in that in both games you hunt monsters and you do it primarily primarily with melee weapons and you build stuff off of them. But like the style of both games is super different. Dauntless is kind of cartoony mm. in scope. Uh, mm-hmm. Where Monster Hunter feels like you're actually stalking these monsters. Dauntless is very much kind of a boss rush almost. Like you drop into a map, you hunt them. Like you wander around the map long enough to find the monster you're looking for. You snap a player, and then your team kind of gets to work beating it to death with its weapons. It's it's not bad. Like it's very. I, when I first played Dauntless, it kind of felt like this will be the Monster Hunter game for people that want the old school version of Monster Hunter and don't necessarily want the new version of Monster Hunter. I think that still kind of applies, except like this is much again, this is this is very streamlined. This is kind of Monster Hunter for filthy casuals, but not in a sarcastic way. Like it's the you can jump in, hunt some monsters and jump out pretty effectively in an hour. Matchmaking work works well. There's not a ton of preparation before a match. Uh, it's hmm. It's still a lot of fun though. Like it's, it's different enough. The weapons are different. There's more mysticism in Dauntless than in Monster Hunter necessarily. I, it works. I, but they're, I, I think where I kind of hope this would be like old school Monster Hunter, where it was kind of very boss fighty. This is that, but not as Monster Hunter esque. Just in the bag. It's weird talking about this because I know uh, the beta I played was pretty bare bones, and I would argue this game's not that much different than that. But that's fun, because I had a shit ton of fun with the beta I was playing and the kind of closeness of it. And this definitely works. For a free-to-play game, this thing is fantastic. It plays great. The weapon variety is solid. It's got that go-hunt-monsters, get their parts, and make new gear out of them. I, Unlike Monster Hunter, it's a lot easier to get the gear, and then swapping the gear is also a lot easier. Like, it's the... On the last screen in a mission, you can be like, oh shit, we're hunting a cold monster? Rip around that cold gear stuff, and rather than kind of long trees for the gear, you upgrade the existing gear you have to make it more powerful. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Like I, I've been having fun with it. It's we'll talk about this more in the news, but it's got crossplay on everything. So my account Ooh. for PC is my account on my PS4 and my Xbox, and you're playing with people that are on Xbox and PC and PS4 all in your party kind of thing. It launched with full crossplay. Well, that's super cool. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I personally, I really like the art style. Yeah. I'm, I... I'm, I'm a big one when it comes to art style and environments in a game. Like, honestly, that's what draws me, or at least is a separator between similar games. Which one looks better sometimes? I mean... If nothing else kind of separates them other than the way they look, like if they're generally they work fine, the mechanics are similar, and the game the the game actually plays fine, the art style separates it for me. And so, and the art style here, I love it. It yeah, looks fantastic. I like it a lot. As a huge fan of Monster Hunter um, World's art style, I like this one too because it's, it's, again, like you're saying, it's a similar game, but it's different enough. It's like, yeah. This is not as hardcore get as hardcore a game down to like every aspect of it in a good way. Like it's the the art style is simple enough they can do weird monsters. Like in the beta, I fought an owl bear thing that punched tornadoes at you. That was a <laughs> lot of fun. I've not gotten yeah. back to that guy yet in this thing, but so far I've fought like 
a, gi a giant demonic squirrel, a couple, like, an, an ice dragon thing, a fire dragon thing, and, like, a dragon dragon thing, if you will, also, too. Like, it's, they feel different and kind of, it's, it's like, wow, where it's got, like, it's got a real kind of flair for that cartoony aesthetic to it, and it works really nicely. Like, I, I, like, I like it a lot. Like, it's the, but it is simplified. It's a lot less, there are, there are way fewer systems, but not in a bad way. And the free-to-play monetization doesn't feel terrible yet. I also don't know, though, because I have some kind of Founders Pack thing going on in the background and a bunch of my progress from the beta carried over into this, which I don't know how that works exactly, but cool. Mm -hmm. I, like So there is a Battle Pass. I have not invested in the, quote, premium Battle Pass. I have like a base level battle pass, and it may be that as a founder, I have base level battle passes for life because I did technically pay money to play this video game at one point in time. But hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But at the same time, like linking up my accounts was super easy, and yeah, I. That's that's now that's really what's impressing me there. Yeah. The cross-play and the linking of accounts. Yeah. Because, wow, that's not common. I mean, and, and yeah. it's more common now than it ever was before. What this game does is not common at all yet. Like, this is... This game is doing, cross-play-wise, what I want Warframe and Destiny to be doing. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. So, I'm guess So, that just helps your player base. Yeah. Especially for a game like this where so, you don't really solo. I mean, I guess you could. You can. But... It's just not as fun and it takes longer. Yeah. I, like, so that being said, at least the first couple of days I was trying to play this game, I had crazy server connectivity issues. Those seemed to be fixed. Mm. And it wasn't so much the servers were bad as they were just fucking full. Oh. So, yeah, I guess that's the other side of that one. But yeah. Yeah. I, I'm guessing it's not too difficult to queue up and to no, so play I, with random random people. Like they have a good matchmaking system. Um, they have an okay matchmaking system. I so to, again to kind of keep the obvious comparison going, compared to its main competitor, Monster Hunter World, it has a actually functioning matchmaking system. Like compared to Monster <laughs> Hunter World's bullshit matchmaking system, this one is great. <laughs> Uh, you, you you go, you request a quest, you can say solo queue or look for a match, and it does that, and that says, hey, we found a match for you, jump in, and then you jump in or you don't. I'm assuming there's a party system, I just haven't bothered to try it, there's a whole tab for it and stuff. I, Yeah, I, it's what you'd want from a queuing system in this game. Like The only way you could make it better is if I could jump into the queue from anywhere in kind of the social hub. But I get it. Like they have these, uh, they have in game, like a go over to a message board, click the message board, and be like, haha, I'm hunting X. Well, that's, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, and it fits lore wise, kind of thing. Like it's, you are a slayer. You, you slay the beasts on this weird floating island world. It's, it's fine. Like I, again, like, this is a free-to-play game. The lore is not there yet, but also kind of, it's a Monster Hunter game. I've never cared that much about why I was hunting stuff in Monster Hunter. Except yeah, because I mean, it was there and I needed its pelt to make cool-ass armor. Ooh, it looks like they're adding ninjas. Sure. Like, that. that's 
very much what this game would do to a certain extent. Um, just no, yeah, it's for a season five pass. I'm already rocking the chain blade weapons because I think they're cool. Actually, that's the one that I know that that's what I would want to play because when it comes to like, all right, so when it comes to a lot of games in general, any sort of games where there's kind of one on one fighting, like I like close up fast, close up speedy fighting. I don't like these sort of take your time and what, try to get that one good hit. Well, in. so I, I will. I like to I like to flitter around and just hit a lot. <laughs> I. Yes, I I like personally I like the dodge on the um chain blades the most. Like I so nothing in this game is as slow as the weapons in Monster Hunter, which I think is both mm. a good and a bad thing. Like I, uh. I Monster Hunter combat is not for everyone. We both know some people mm. that like in theory should have dug that game but just could not get behind the weapons. I that that is a game about finding your weapon and mastering it. Like in that game, I like my charge axe. But I, I absolutely get how many people are like this game. I do not like how it swings, and I'm totally, I, yeah, you're, you're you're totally right. It's kind of a weird fighting gamey thing. The combat in this game is more accessible. Like it's very easy to find the weapon you want to use, and unlike Monster Hunter, the damage is kind of balanced across all the weapons. Like it's the chain blades are faster but they don't do meaningfully less damage than, like, the giant Polak-style thing to make it so you're really going, like, eh, I'm not trying to get my damage in with this thing. Like, it, it's pretty yeah. normalized, which is a good thing, I think. And it kind of comes down to, do you like how it plays? Like, I like the I like the chain axe things because... Not chain axe, the kind of chain picks, whatever they're called in the game, because their dodge is cool. Like, you can vault off shit or pull yourself to shit for their special move, and their dodge is just kind of a traditional, like, burst dodge as opposed mm. to, like, swords, which is a roll, but it's kind of burst move is you, like, get the fucking Inuyasha wind score. You're slicing air at people from a range, which is cool in its own way, but I'd rather, like, fucking chain grab people. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for instance, when I play Terra, I play a ninja. Yeah. I mean, it's because it's fast character that can, flitter, like I said, flitter around and just yeah. hit things a lot. <laughs> So, uh, so I mean, all right. So I guess I'm now I'm kind of can uh curious about whether so did so I see some they have these weapon classes essentially. Yeah. Is there sort of like people with more health and less health, like no, like or uh, whatever? So like Monster Hunter, this work is kind of weird, where your gear makes you who you are. There are no okay. classes necessarily, and. Your move set and what type of damage you do and all that is tied to your weapon, which is cool. But then your health and your resistance is purely your armor. And so I made this comment and convey like like Monster Hunter. If you're fighting monster arm, um, uh, fight, um, ice arm monsters, bring your gear with ice arm with ice resistance on it. Like it's the there's not one best equipment for all scenarios. And I'd argue, unlike Monster okay. Hunter grinding for that gear is really easy in this one. Like, there's a lot less stuff you have to get and gather to make new gear, so it... it, hmm. it like, th this is kind of the, like, if you always thought Monster Hunter looked cool, but always thought, like, it's a giant time sink, which it is. Like, I, Monster Hunter's a <laughs> franchise that brings us great phrases, like, oh, you played a thousand hours? Cool. Get your final tutorial. Like, it is a... <laughs> I have played a lot of Monster Hunter, and I would and I, I'd be like, yeah, I'm 
I'm better than an intermediate, but like I'm nowhere near like expert or even good at the game. Like I'm fine. I don't negatively impact the hunt. I know where to, I I know where to hit with my chosen weapons and stuff and don't get in people's way. Unlike you fucking charge sword people that are like, I'm gonna go after other stuff and not do my job. <laughs> Twin blades, you should never attack ahead of anything. Just saying. Yeah, mm. it's but like like monster, you can you can change it up. Like it's you're not ever tied to one thing. Changing your gear and your loadouts is as simple as going to a menu and just changing that. I want to say you can even change your character. It's fully customizable even after you make it because who cares? That's but, cool. I'm not sure I looked into that enough. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I mean, I'm I've been I've been thinking about getting into it. And I well, I mean, the zero price, the free price definitely is yeah, a, I, uh, it's attractive. I mean, like, but don't just, Dauntless is great. Like Dauntless <clears throat> is a fun game with lots of potential. Like, and it's the what it is is what I want it to be, and that's kind of weird for us. It's not as complicated as Monster Hunter World, and that's fine. Not every game like this needs to be Monster Hunter World, but more competition to Monster Hunter that feels like Monster Hunter is good. Like Monster Hunter existed, it's like, oh, God Eater exists, and God Eater is fine, but also God Eater kind of sucks. <laughs> like, I like God yeah. Eater, but also, like, it's some pretty anime-ass bullshit. It's a very mm. anime-ass version of that game, and it does some cool stuff, but at the same time, though, too, it's still got kind of the JRPG downfalls of, like, man, these are some teenagers saving the world. Ugh. I just want to hump the monsters. No, we have to have a story. Oh man. <laughs> Let me go bash shit to death. Yeah, I it's a solid launch. The gameplay is great still. I they have nowhere to go but up. Like I, I like they they can totally add more weapons, they can totally add more stuff, like they can add more in free to play games you always want to be trying to add more and they can absolutely can so far. The monetization is yeah. not egregious yet, so I'm kind of... I, I don't mind battle passes. The idea of a battle pass isn't something I think is terrible. If done correctly, at least the one seems fine. Yeah. Like, it's got some solid rewards in it. I'm getting stuff from the basic stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I... I definitely I like the team games. I like the games that you know, and that's what this one it really is. I mean, it's it's basically all, it sounds like it's basically all raids in a sense, and that's a and there's quite a few games that that do that where it's kind of like you drop in somewhere for a mission, not just to wander around. Is there a hub world or is it just yes? There, there is a hub world. It's called um, Ram Skull, I want to say or something, and it's not so much raids; it's all boss fights. Like I. To be fair, I fought a boss with like little critters off of it last night, so that's that, it's. I wish the worlds were a little bit more kind of whatever to them, but at the same time, like I could just go play Monster Hunter World if I want that. Like there's something satisfying about you drop into the map and you fight a fucking owl bear that punches hurricanes at you or some shit, and <laughs> you're dodging all of us and you win and then you go home kind of thing. Like it's th there's a yeah. There's a drop-in, drop-out aspect of this that other versions of this game don't have. So you can just, like, it's... I know it sounds like I'm not praising it for this, but I really am, where it's like, you can get shit done in this game in, like, a half hour and feel productive, and in Monster Hunter, you're like, man, I need a half hour to get all my stuff lined up so I can go hunt. Not, 
so I can, yeah, like, that, that is a plotting game in a good way again. Like, it's, this is the game, if you've never played a Monster Hunter game but been curious about them for a long time. Like, this is a great entry point to that, to this style of game. And you're right, it's free, so free is a great price for this type of shit. Yeah. And so, I mean, for instance, like, I still like to drop into Left 4 Dead 2 every so often. Yeah. And and it's because of that team aspect. And, of course, Dead by Daylight, which, uh, Dead by Daylight, they've, uh, they recently released a new chapter, um, or I, I think they've released it now, Scream. Yeah. Uh, they've added Scream as an IP now, which, now I'm starting to be afraid of them, and, and I'll go into this further uh, in the news, but I feel like they're taking on too many IPs to make money. Hmm. And I'm worried about it. Because now, now, alright, so I've been, I've been following Dead by Daylight for a, a, practically since it came out. Sure. Just, I mean, it took me a little while to actually buy it, but I've definitely been, like, following it since it was announced. Sure. And so, yeah, the, uh, yeah, so, I, and so I've been, so the first time when they first announced the very first thing, which was Halloween, which was adding Michael Myers, it was very exciting, and even when they started adding more and more, like Leatherface and Freddy and stuff. Yeah. And, um, Taking it wide, if you will. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I know they don't have the Scream Killer yet, but that's that's one that's the very very next one coming up. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. I'm starting to get worried that I, I hope they don't keep taking in too many more because now at this point, all right. So they have um, they have Halloween, they have Nightmare on Elm Street, they have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they have uh, Saw. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's quite a few just right there. That's a lot of, that's a lot of IPs that they're, that they're using now. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, mm, I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't want them to take on too much because, man, I really enjoy the game. I don't get to drop into it and play all that often, to be honest, but man it's it's a fun game and even their their original you know their original killers that they've put into it are super cool mm-hmm. but yeah they now they've got like no less than 5 and they're looking for a 6th they're looking to add a 6th one now so i don't that's think it's worrying, necessarily a but... bad thing like as long as they're not like they haven't seemed to make a broken one yet and if it's been broken it's been intentionally broken kind of thing like it's i find their kind of original killers cool so I hope they have a couple more of those coming down the pipe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, kind of to go completely off yeah. topic, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the game. Well, the main point is, I like the games where you can really just drop in and play. And and this, I mean, Dauntless sounds like one of those. Yeah, where you can just. You're like, oh, I have, you know, I have. 30, 45 minutes yes, and to it, play a game, and I can just drop in, and it's done. It has an end point, has a beginning point, and an end point. Yeah, and I'm sure the harder monsters will be harder, but, yeah, at least for the low-level stuff, you can drop in and accomplish something in 
a short period of time and not be like, oh man, I wasted like again, like Monster Hunter, which is a threat comparison, is a game that takes five minutes at a minimum to set up for a hunt. This is hit the loadout screen while you're waiting for another map and or while you're waiting for a batch and just go kind of thing. Like it's just dropping in is easy kind of thing, which is good, and I think it works well for this game. Like it, it takes longer to get into the game the first time because there's a cutscene and stuff than it does to jump into a match, which is good mm -hmm. at least for now, and it's fun. Like I, it's, I, I think a casual Monster Hunter game. There's been a void for that for a long time, and I think only good things will come from this because. I'm not sure if I said this correctly. Like, I, I'm not sure. Like, there's no way I can say this will sound better, but like, it's the Monster Hunter is a kind of insurmountable wall for so many people, but it's a cool, fun concept. This is that concept yeah. kind of watered down, but not in a bad way. Like, distilled down to its most kind of defining characteristics in a good way where it's like, no, no, just go kill some monsters quick. Do it. Go, go have fun. Then get back to base. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it's. Like some of the nuances of Monster Hunter, where like there's no carving, collecting's a lot more kind of informal in this one. It's whatever. Like, okay. I, it's, like you don't have to harvest the monster after you kill it, which you do in Monster Hunter, which isn't a bad hmm. thing. But like it, it, it's not as immersive. But also, Monster is full of dumb bullshit, where it's like not not dumb, but like it's possible to hit your um co your kind of your co players with your weapon if you're using a big swingy weapon, which can be disruptive. And yeah. I, if you've been curious about Monster Hunter, go play Dauntless. If you think it's cool but want more depth, then go check out Monster Hunter, on Monster Hunter World. It's really good. Both are really good. One's just kind of a more accessible version than the other. Yeah. And, yeah, it was kind of that for that. I, Me, um, me and Henry both saw Alex this week, as we've alluded to a couple times. It was cool seeing him. He is not dead, despite common lies. <laughs> and I did something big that I can't talk about till next week because of confusing statute of limitations on it. But uh, yeah, we have something cool to talk about next week. Teasers, I guess. <laughs> but because of that big thing, it's been a busy week on my end. So I didn't have a lot of time to do stuff. Like, still plugging away at uh, Plague's Tale, like I said. That game is still good. I think I'm nearing the end of my rope with Rage, too. I just don't mm. enjoy it way i need to, to keep playing it and maybe like that feels like a game i can come back to after i get my main pc set up again and can really um mouse and keyboard it the way i want to my laptop just isn't the right game for that the right right setup for that game unfortunately which i don't think makes the game worse but it will make the game more fun to be able to have my high-end mouse and stuff hooked up which i could but i'm not gonna do the big monitor and stuff like that effectively with my pc it's just not the right thing unfortunately yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Donald's going to be on my PC, on my laptop. So, yeah. News? News? Yeah, it's good news. We're going to start with the most important news of this week. We did my it. My favorite news. We delayed Sonic. By several months. Yeah. They have delayed the Sonic movie to 2020 to fix Sonic's look. I'm still kind of... The whole situation kind of blows me away. Because, I mean... I, I guess I'm in the minority that was just like, it didn't bother me that much. 
really. It bothered other people more. And we already talked about at length why, but it's like, but um, but the big part of this, it's more than that. It's the fact that they actually responded and were like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I guess we will change it." Well, and so actually, even yeah, I mean, that's I, I just responding to fan criticism to that extent. I'm really like kind of blown away that they did that. So it's not clear what quote fixing the models going to imply, but. Because this could come back way worse, hypothetically. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yes. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I shudder to think. But, I mean, I, I, you know, I've worked with and taught 3D effects artists and 3D artists, you know, and they, there are a lot of work goes into this stuff. A lot of crazy amounts of work goes into this stuff. So, so, what do you think of the, the bizarre is, conspiracy about this? Uh, there's a bizarre conspiracy? Yes. So, the bizarre conspiracy is that they're not actually fixing Sonic. They already had a good Sonic ready to go, but by releasing, quote, the bad Sonic, they've drummed up way more attention for the movie, and now when they come back and, like, yo, we listened to you, it's all good. People can be like, yeah, I'm gonna go see it now! Uh, I don't really believe that. Or else, I don't I either, mean, but it's fun to joke about. Yeah, I, but yeah, but I am glad that they actually were like, we're just gonna delay the movie instead of trying to fit it into yeah. their previous like date, which would put them actually in a... Oh, yeah, no, the the oh, announcement I... of this was tagged with like hashtag no VFX artists were harmed in the making of this film. Yeah, which honestly, that's that's kind of cool. I have to give I definitely give them that as like instead of just saying, All right, we heard your concerns and we're gonna rush this sucker out it's still at the same exact time so that you get your movie when you want it. No, they're like, We will take some extra time to make this right. We'll actually like give our artists time to actually do the work that yeah. needs to be done. Because I mean a rush job? I mean, you talked about you know, we don't know what we're necessarily going to get. What do you think we would get from a super rush job? I mean, I think we'd end up with glitchy, like his hand going through his face and, you know, like bad glitchiness in the movie. Like, yeah. I think that's that's a big chance if they rushed it. But so, you know what? Kudos. They're actually going to, they're, they're, like I said, kind of oddly actually responding to the to the fan response but also they're like okay well i guess we'll just delay it to make sure that people actually come and see this thing yeah i still think it's going to be a good movie i think there's a lot of things in it that say it's probably going to be a decent movie i don't think it's going to blow anybody away i mean it's not gonna yeah it's i think it'll be fine i think it'll be an enjoyable movie i really do yeah i think jim i think jim carrey will Harriet, just like we've been thinking he probably yeah. would. Yes, he's he's good. <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. And even like, you know, the the other actors, it, it looks fine. I think it looks fine. I I think it looks like a weird video game movie, so it'll be what it is yeah. kind of thing. Like I will be good as uh, Detective Pikachu, 
Probably not, but in hindsight, I didn't bust down the door to go see Detective Pikachu. Still haven't, so maybe neither of these movies are for me at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, at least it's not the Yui Bowl super cheap cash-ins on licenses. There's a certain charm to those two, but yes, you're right, they are... No, there isn't. No, there isn't. I, I am... No, I'm not gonna... No, no. The only... Alright, so I will say this. The only one of the Yui Bowl game adaptations that was fun was Postal. But it's because it seems like he's clearly having actually having fun with this yeah. movie, where the other ones were just cheaply made cash That was the one I was referring to. Like, that one's on. even a bad movie. It's also kind of a, why would you do Postal? Like, wh- why would you dredge up that dark spot in history? But the actor they picked for the lead, I like that guy. Yeah. I mean... He, 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 I've seen him in a lot. You probably don't even realize that he was from... A lot of people don't realize he's from A Christmas Story. Yeah. He's, he was the bully. But, yeah, great. Uh, honestly, like, that was the one of the Yui Bowl movies that seemed like he actually liked filming it. He even appears in it and no. kind of makes fun of himself in it. So, I mean, that's... I think that's... But, yeah, we don't get good video game movies, but we've gotten... Uh, better than we have before. We're starting to anyway, I sure. guess. Hopefully, Sonic won't just crash that again. Yeah. But I guess kind of in the same vein as we don't get lots of good video game movies. Uh, Sony announced recently that they're doing a PlayStation Productions, which is the idea is to adapt games into kind of film and in-house TV stuff. So they've kind of tried this. They kind of tried to do something because they want yep. to put stuff on PlayStation. Well, PlayStation Plus already has mo- some movies. Yeah, I, again, like in the kind of dumbest category ever. And the same way that you could you used to, be able to buy movies through Steam, you can buy yeah. movies through PlayStation. I don't know why you would, but you can. Yeah, and I can I can kind of understand why. If you want to kind of if you want your PlayStation to be your all-in-one entertainment center and not have to click to other apps, you know, you know, or turn on something else. I mean, that's, I mean, I under, I definitely understand it, but yeah. uh, So they had tried to do some original programming on there and it was not great. I think it was just the one thing it was powers, which I remember when they announced that E3, I'm like, I like powers. And then I got PlayStation plus because I was an adult and could finally afford it. And then never (laughs) watched powers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have no idea if it feels good or not, but apparently it wasn't popular. I made like two I mean, seasons, I want to say, and then got canceled or something. I it also yeah. happened in kind of the pre Netflix original content era. Like I, in PlayStation's defense, like the realm of digital exclusives and digital media and kind of streaming only platform stuff has changed a great deal since powers from Sony kind of thing. Like it, it Yeah. We're living in a totally different world where maybe that would do better now. Like I hmm. the the T V shows I'm most excited for in the upcoming year or the upcoming months are on streaming platforms and not actual T V shows in the traditional sense. So what the fuck yeah. do I know? Like fucking Game of Thrones proved that like the top like one of the top viewed shows on in the history of TV, can be on an exclusive ass channel. You have to buy a streaming platform for, or an expensive TV add-on, essentially. So screw it. Who knows? 
Yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, <clears throat> it's interesting. I mean, Sony Sony Pictures, I mean, Sony Pictures has been a thing for a long time. They've been making movies for a while. Yeah. So it's not like Sony is sort of dipping their toes into yeah. TV and movies. On, They've been doing this for some time. And, and there is not a whole always branch awesome. Of, there's a whole branch of that does movies and shit too. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, like, you know, the Fantastic Four movies. Uh, Weren't those Fox? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, or, oh, no, yeah, that's right, that's Fox, not Sony. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it's an interesting move. The fact that they've announced they want to do TV adaptations and original TV stuff. All right, so that's something that's actually really rare outside of the odd cartoon yeah. that is from a video game. Castlevania, we don't we're looking have, at you. Yeah, we don't have TV shows that are based on game IP. It's it's live action. Like, I can't think of any. Like, I can't think of a single one that's... Well, let me think. Uh, you know, game... A live action game IP as a TV show. Except for one that I personally worked on, Defiance, back in the day. But I mean, that's a different thing where they were built at the same time. It was built to be both from the be from the start, not adapted. But I think, see, in my opinion, I think that actually, the TV medium, the episodic medium in seasons, would work better for a game, because games, many games tend to be pretty episodic. In the way that it presents the action to you, or the way that it presents the story to you, I mean, there are your sweeping epics that are about one long story, but even that usually ends up as a series of vignettes of like you know individual battles or kind of sub stories or subplots, and a TV show would actually give you the the room, the proper room to explore that, rather than being stuck in and just trying to do it within three hours and having to, you know, make sure that you're covering as sometimes, I guess, as much as possible, you know, or yeah. at least one section. Yeah, I think actually a TV show would, a live action TV show would lend itself really well because honestly, the cartoon adaptations of video games have often been pretty good, to be honest. I mean, the Persona cartoons, the Persona anime, yeah. very popular. Like, very well liked, very popular. And basically just, in a lot of ways, just very much adapting the game. Just using the exact same art style and everything. Yeah. And I can and I can think of many others, I mean, that were, that I would say went the direction of being adapted from a game into, you know, not adapted at the same time. I mean, I kind of do and don't count Pokemon in that thing. Uh, Pokemon was always built to be it's its own an all-in-one media. Yeah. Me media. Well, it was always meant to be a mixed media thing where it was going to be video games sure. and a TV show. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, so, I mean, the cartoons, we, we actually have, even back in the day, like, good cartoon adaptations of video games. I mean... Yeah. The Sonic cartoon and like the Mario cartoons are both good. Honestly, they're fun. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily hold up if you go back and watch them, but they were fun and they were fine. They definitely didn't bomb, but yeah, they worked really well because they're all episodic. It's like you 
and the games are episodic. I mean, especially a level based game is super episodic. Yeah. But I'd like to I'd like to see PlayStation Productions make a, a you know make a live action TV show from a, from a game IP. I think that could be incredibly cool. I think it could be. I am forever going to be on the fence of I remember Heroes, but I'm more than happy to be proven wrong kind of thing. But I mean, with the success of and you mentioned it, Castlevania, yeah. which is a which is for Amer it's for you know, not just you know, you know, anime weebs like me. <laughs> that it's they're it's making anime for non weebs, people... sacrilege. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and of course the similar thing, though not video game related, in the Devil Man series that also came on Netflix. Yeah, that's but, a weirder pull, but yes. Yeah, but I mean, they're I, I say it because they're both kind of developed. There's still a bit a large stigma when it here when it comes to a cartoon that's aimed actually at adults. That sure. is for a, a, for adult for adults to consume, and so that's that's not as common outside of Japan. It's it, I mean, and but I think both of those on Netflix kind of prove that no, you could do that. You just have to do it well. Sure. And you have to do it interestingly, and that's that's it. I mean, well, I mean, I say that's it, but you just have to do it really well and take it and take it seriously, take the IP seriously, and take the writing seriously. And sure. I think both of those, both of those adaptations. So yeah, I think there's definitely room there for PlayStation Productions to make something good that's even aimed at an older viewing audience. So yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll that's just... kind of all we can at this point. I, like, yeah, this announcement has nothing really attached to it except, yo, they doing this. Yeah, like for sure, like actually established, and this is happening. Yeah, rather than just rumors. So it's officially been launched. So I mean, or I, I guess they haven't launched anything, but they're officially in business. Like this department is up and active; it has people working in there now. So. Yeah. We'll see. Where to go next? Um, hmm. I never talked about something. Might as well talk about the PS5. I and, and at least for me, it's very confusing to read. I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We kind of now know what's officially inside of a PS5. Sort of. Maybe, yeah. Kind of. I but so. Sony got off there in kind of a more wide without actually showing off pictures of the actual console. Really kind of detailed out what they're doing with the PS5. They talked about the SSD stuff they're doing. Primarily they showed off kind of some loading screens with um, uh, Spider-Man actually as the case example. They did like things I did not realize but totally makes sense. The movement speed of how fast you can zip around New York City in Spider-Man is capped at a certain kind of maximum rate. They uncapped that hmm. and kind of showed the problems of you outrunning the render and stuff. Then we're like, okay, cool. So here's the game running on PS5 hardware, and yeah, it looks fucking great. Keeps up with that render. Yeah, looks like they're using AMD technology, yep. which is interesting. AMD That's really interesting, considering that they've been using Intel. I think Intel's in a weird spot right now. Like, I... 
I don't remember what went into the PS5. I think they're trying to avoid a PS3 situation where they had like fancy, bizarre cores going on that made it hard to develop for. I so I'm not. I don't have the exact article for this, but like I remember reading somewhere that like the hardware overlap between the PS5 and the Xbox Crimson or whatever the hell it's going to be called. I think it's called the Crimson mm. or the Scarlet or something. Are pretty friggin' identical at this point. Like there's obviously some differences, but not enough to make a really big difference, if you will. Yeah, now they're just prepackaged PCs. And that's kind of why I'm really not interested still really in buying a console. Because it's just like I'm getting a something that costs still costs quite a bit of money, yeah. but is not as useful as a computer. I mean, it's still not, yeah. can't do everything that my PC does. Like, I can't do development on a, well, I mean, you know, I, well, not easily, and not, you can't, I can, you know, my PC, I can just fire it up, and I can develop in Unity, or I can develop in using, you know, un, uh, Unreal Engine, or whatever, and I can just develop in whatever on my PC here, and I can't yeah. just do that. I mean, it's just, but for people that don't need all that stuff, I totally understand. I just need more than that, and that's why I just spend my money on nicer PC parts rather than buying a console. But, yeah, it is interesting now that they're... And yeah, I mean, the cell architecture for the PS3 was extraordinary to the point that the U.S. military made a supercomputer out of linking a bunch of them. Yep. But, uh, yeah, now they're all just prepackaged PCs. Yeah. And yeah, that's I don't know. I I you know, I have a PC, so I mean. Well, uh, so and as a big part of this kind of press blast they did, they emphasized the fact that I'm not sure if it's almost all of them, but it does seem like if you have a PS4 game, it'll work on the PS5 just fine. Which is a big that's deal. Super cool. Yeah. It'd be cool if it well, went more on more things backwards compatible, but I'll take that level of kind of console generation crossover. Yeah, and and in this case, it makes sense, seeing as how they literally have the same same type of hardware. I mean, there's no when it comes to programming for at least just for the CPUs. I'm not talking about the GPUs, but even for yeah. the GPUs to a large extent, there's not a lot of differences here. There's really not a lot of differences here that we're dealing yep. with. because at this point. I mean, if you put out a graphics card, if you put out a, a CPU or a graphics system, it has to be compatible with the other existing ones yeah. that they use. Like, like I remember in the you know the early Wild West days of video cards, you had you didn't just have OpenGL and DirectX. You had a whole lot of proprietary ones like the Diamond video cards and Riva TNTs and all that stuff. That, uh, yeah, it was. Proprietary and different video cards wouldn't couldn't run the same games, <laughs> and th yeah, that was that was kind of awful. But now, yeah, the all the video cards work with each other. Uh, well, I mean, I'm talking about consumer ones, of course. Yeah, but yeah, they all work with each other. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you have an AM AMD card or an Nvidia card. It's just they, they'll both still run the game. Yeah. So now, yeah, that's, yeah, and so it makes sense that at this point, especially from the PS4 to the PS5, from what it sounds like, they have the same type of hardware. 
they aren't going proprietary. So. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I guess kind of sticking with the same vein of consoles progressing some. I talked about some earlier, but again, Dauntless is full crossplay day one with all of the consoles with and, and PC for the Epic Store for that matter. And it's coming to Switch and Mobile in the near future, or in the future, allegedly. Ooh. It's a big deal. I, if, this is what I want from these games. Like, in the dumbest way. Yeah. So, kind of to jump back to the Monster comparison for a quick right now. Right now, Monster has the weird problem where the PC version lags a couple months behind the uh, console version when it comes to content. And it would sure make a hell of a sense to bring those things up to parody of themselves. Like, you could get me to buy the PC version if it wasn't lagging behind. The fact that Dauntless mm. Out of the Gate is going like, yo, we're going full cross-play, your stuff is your stuff, have fun, is a real big deal to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Especially, alright, there again, I am pretty much an all-PC player. I don't really, I don't own any new consoles. It's like, yeah. Yeah, the newest console I've ever bought <clears throat> is a Dreamcast. Yeah. I have a 360 at the moment because basically a friend more or less gave me it. Well, no, my friend gave it to me. I don't really use it that often, to be honest. But, yeah, I, and I'm probably not going to, I'm very unlikely to buy consoles for reasons that I already mentioned. But, yeah, yeah having some crossplay, me being able to go on and play with my friends that do generally primarily play on their PS4 when they play video games. That would be nice. That would be super nice. <laughs> like, this is kind of the weird thing I've been talking about for a while. Like it's the, you could get me to play Destiny 2 again if I could just bring my fucking character from my PS4 to the PC at this point. I, I would play that game again in a more meaningful way if I could do that. But I can't. Which means I'm not playing Destiny 2 anymore. Warframe has the same problem where I like playing that game on PC, but I occasionally don't want to have to go through the full process of getting on the PC version. I do not get why I don't have a shared account for that game. Again, I would play more of it if it was a shared account, but it's not, so... Yeah. Hard to kind of make the time for it occasionally. Yeah. It's a good move. I really hope it pays off for Dauntless. And yeah, and I hope other people are watching. Exactly, other yeah. Developers like, it, are watching. It's such a we big like deal. This. We like this thing. Don't make us buy the same game three times because, by the way, we probably won't. I definitely won't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of buying the game ten times, um, <laughs> Riot, it's, it's, I'm not sure it's officially announced just yet, but it's pretty well rumored and pretty well confirmed. Uh, Riot, and therefore Tencent, because remember, Tencent owns 100% of Riot games. Never forget that, you racist pieces of shit that are like the Epic stores dying on us because of Tencent. Uh, Riot appears to be making a mobile version of League of Legends. Okay. Now I can have 12-year-olds curse at me over my phone? Yes! It's not awesome. clear. So it's not clear what this means. <laughs> but yeah. Uh and this is all right, so I you know, I I don't know if I mentioned this before. I used to play League. Yeah. I mean, we I, all I did. actually I, 
and I've you know I I bought a couple of the skins yeah. even well characters and skins that the the one you know basically the two characters that I ever played Sona and Fizz, um, but yeah, uh, yeah the the awfulness drove it off for me and uh, now I can get awfulness in mobile version. Yay! Well, so it's not going to be a one-to-one <laughs> port. It's going to kind of retain the MOBA-ness of League, if you will, which I think is code for we're probably not bringing your account over. You could probably link the two for some reason. I it, MOBAs on mm. phones have existed for a while. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done this already. I think Fortnite mm. did a really good job of showing you why the fuck you maybe probably want to have if you can, yeah. a mobile version of your game, even if it's kind of shitty. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, your phones are cheaper than a PC or a or a console, so... Well, yeah. depending on the phone, I guess that is. Yeah. Some phones are definitely way more expensive than, like, a PS4 Pro, and it's crazy, but... Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. Make a mobile version. I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> yeah unlikely to play it. I don't tend to play a lot of games on my phone anyways, uh, I've been and playing, I don't own a tablet. I've been playing more slowly but surely, but like they're not... I, I like my idle clicker. I'm not sure I call an idle clicker a game in the traditional sense. Like, I, I like my brick-breaking games, I like my idle clickers on my phone, and those are two game styles I'm not sure I want to play on anything else. Mm. Yeah. For those kind of curious what motivates this whole Riot Mobile League thing, uh, Tencent put out a game called Honor of Kings, which shared a lot of DNA with League of Legends. Did really fucking well in China. Didn't do so well in the U.S. But it would make a lot of sense to, you know, bring one of the most popular games on the face of the planet to mobile to monetize in areas that mobile is a bigger deal. Like, I, part of yep. why games do really well on mobile in other countries is that they have different gaming laws. Like, I think for a long time in China, you couldn't own consoles. Be you still can't really necessarily own consoles as widespread because they were, like, against the law. They had, like, a gray market coming out of, like, Hong Kong for them. Yep. Just nuts to think about, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, well, you find the same thing. Like, if you go to, say, Brazil... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like... A console costs as much as a y- average year's salary. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. No, like, yeah, I know. Really? It's crazy. And so all the games tend to be bootlegged. Like, if somebody actually can afford a console, yeah. they are surely bootlegging all of their games. As someone who's looked into buying a Brazilian PS2 in the last couple of years because you could still get them new in box, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's... But yeah, um... Yeah, and yeah, it makes sense. I mean, having a phone or or a tablet is... Yeah, it's more widespread than owning a console, yeah. and, and generally cheaper. In the words of Blizzard, do you not own phones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there, and like the especially for Android tablets, there's such a in China you can get an Android tablet for pretty cheap. Yep. And so, and kind of anywhere yeah. you can get one for pretty cheap at this point, but. Yeah, yeah, it's gotten, the market has just gotten, yeah, it's such that, yeah, you can buy a tablet now, and it's not going to set you back nearly so much. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's why, I mean, that's why the Nintendo DS and 3DS 
outsold everything ever because they're way cheaper and they're portable. Yeah. But a big part of it is they're way cheaper. That's that's huge part of it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, you know, and if you're a parent and you're and you're like kid wants a console, it's like, are you going to buy the thousand dollar one or are you going to buy something for like two hundred? It's like, yeah, that's it, that's an easy that's an easy question. Yeah. Pretty much any parent. <laughs> so, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yep. And in the same vein as the Tencent Riot uh, Mobile League of Legends, uh, Valve is making their own version of Dota Auto Chess. Um, uh, so this is a weird one because the makers of original Dota Auto Chess are making a mobile version that's not inherently affiliated with Dota Auto Chess. But then Valve is also making their own kind of official version of Dota Auto Chess, which is already a mod for Dota 2, which is a Steam, which is a Valve property at that point. And unlike kind of other previous games, they have not brought the makers of Dota Auto Chess in house. They're just kind of doing it themselves. Now, I'm not familiar with what Auto Chess is. How does that work? Uh, it- I've- Auto chess is neither Dota nor chess. Um, okay, that's confusing already. Yes, <laughs> so I, it's a game made for mobile in some ways. Like it, it's it got real popularity. It's not for me, but I played a couple rounds of it. Basically, so it you, uh, it is Dota in that it uses Dota sprites. It uses the characters from Dota. But the way it works is you have I think it's teams of four, and you fight another team of four, and you pair off against the opposing team, essentially. And the way it works is hmm. that uh, you kind of position your pieces on the field. You start off with very few pieces, and you wind up with more, and you upgrade them as time goes on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's like bonuses to kind of chaining a couple ones together and stuff. But you have no control over the combat except the initial setup of position, and they fight. It's kind of like Clash of Clans in a weird way, where you kind of set your side up and run it, throw it at the other one. And if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But you have a health bar that goes down with each loss, and the goal is to kind of be the mm. last team standing and the last person standing at that point. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, it's weird. Huh. And so, mm. Dota Auto Press Prime was a mod for Dota Two when they kind of made the whole Steam Shop thing, and okay, it was pretty shittily made in some ways. Like it worked well and it played decently enough, but like it frequently used stuff for free it wasn't supposed to like skins that were in the store that you didn't have to buy to have access to like it did some weird shit like that and like the text for it was super bad like this was the most mod ass mod ever that took off in a weird way like yeah i mean i'm I'm looking at it now and yeah uh yeah i mean that's the thing it's i mean it's it's community developed yeah but but interesting, yeah, that, you know, uh, it's it's like community development inception. It took it's, the Dota community by storm in bizarre, meaningful ways. Like, it, this was a big I'm just deal. saying just the roots of Dota being a mod, originally a mod. Oh, of, yeah. Well, Dota being a mod of Warcraft 3, and now we've got a mod of a mod. Oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. 
yeah, it's it's a lot to think about. But yeah, and see, I was hoping that there was going to be more like Archon, if anybody's familiar nope. with that old game, which was actual battle chess, <laughs> basically, where, if, in case listeners aren't familiar, Archon is a game that was released for multiple consoles, actually. I played it on the NES, but it was also on PC and some other consoles, too. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it was, you moved pieces around like chess pieces. But once two pieces actually ended up on the same space, they actually fight each other. And then you would actually, in live in live combat, fight the other piece. And the way it worked like chess is still that some pieces have an obvious advantage over others. Like they like yep. they just do way more damage and don't take much damage from certain pieces. They just, there's just advantages. But that's what I was hoping this Dota Auto Chess would be. Apparently it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 that's interesting, yeah, that they are taking a mod of a mod <laughs> and making that official. Yeah, it's Okay. It's a weird one. Okay then. We live in strange times. Yeah, I, the strangest part is that Drodo is kind of doing its own thing. Those are the guys of the of the original kind of mod for Auto Chess. So, mm. yeah, this is a confusing headache. Speaking of confusing headaches, what if I told you the Ouya wasn't dead yet, Henry? I would say, what? Exactly. <laughs> so, when I saw this news come through, I I was like, really? What the fuck? So, um. Apparently, Razor owns the Ouya now, which I did not know because it's the mm. Ouya. But why? after six, why would they? I, they probably bought it for nothing. Like, yeah, hey, we own the we. You can own the Ouya then. So, after six years, the Ouya store is officially coming to an end. What does this mean? Well, not a much because I think it's been like four years since you could buy a new Ouya. Last time I checked. <laughs> But you will no longer be able to download stuff. Like the, the store is not kind of going to hibernation mode. I in June they will shut it down and bring it to an end. It's not clear if this means, yeah. So the the device of the was discontinued back in 2015, so it's been dead for a little while at this point. But the store, the website kind of interface for the games you could buy stuff has still been around. But okay, yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, oh, the oh yeah. I mean, the idea is just—it's just weird. I I am kind of surprised still to a certain extent that it didn't really work out well. Have you ever touched the your controller? No, they are terrible. Okay, well that doesn't help. Yeah, like it's—it is some. It, the Ouya successfully rips off, but makes bad one of the best video game controllers of all time, meaning the Xbox 360 controller. Mm. I, I don't know how they did it. Like, hold, like holding an Ouya controller is inherently surprisingly uncomfortable. Well, they do get a mad cat, mad cats to make it. You joke, but it really much feels like one of those things. Like that's Ugh. the only explanation I can come up with that makes. Yeah, I Yeah, well, goodbye, Oya. For real, real now, I guess. I, I think that Oya also has the problem of like it was a cool novelty thing. What would you have bought an Ouya for? 
apparently now a paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a chunk of gaming history. If you go to the Ouya website, the um their website will be shutting down on June twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. I yeah, I I remember playing Duck Game on this thing and that being like the big thing people were pushing and I'm pretty mm. sure you play about other consoles too, so yeah. Yeah. Like Towerfall was the big reason to own one for a while, but that's on everything else now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on their website right now and I'm really enjoying that the top rated game, I guess, right now on the um the the O rank lift is Bomb Squad. A game came out in two thousand seventeen, followed by a bunch of games that came out like two thousand fifteen or earlier. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean that makes sense. And one of them is as GBA.emu, which I'm assuming is an <laughs> emulator, followed by SENS 9X EX Plus. So another, yeah. I that's actually an emulator. Yeah, that's actually both of those are for sure emulators. Oh no, so, the top twenty has yeah. three emulators in it. Buy a console to play other consoles. I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So long, you. We never knew you. I, yeah, but kind of speaking of kind of funky, weird consoles, uh, Playdate, the publishers of such games as uh, Firewatch, is trying to launch their own kind of interesting little console thingy, and I might buy this because it looks dumb in the right way. So it is... Uh, you should Google this because it'll be the best explanation kind of visually for you, but it is essentially like an old-school Game Boy that you crank for power no no i don't think that's for power yes the crank is used it, no the power it's of the a console. control method no it, no it literally oh. says you might think the crank is used the power of the console but no it's a control method ah my bad i'm that's less what i thought now. first too when i saw it i'm less no yeah now. it's it... <clears throat> yeah actually that that would actually be kind of cool if you could yeah. power crank it to make it work but the thing is <clears throat> It's black and white. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's going to be like an old, well, I mean, it looks like an old Game Boy, but I guess it's going to be an old Game Boy. Uh, yeah. I I am definitely never going to buy this because it costs like 150 bucks. It is a little bit expensive for what a, it is. For an, for an old Game Boy that, with, with very limited digital controls, it has a... D-pad and two buttons and two, two buttons and, and a crank. the crank. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If this was some like bullshit like survivalist video game console where you had like crank it for five minutes to get an hour of power, I'd be all over this. But now that I know it's cool. a control input, I'm less interested. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it would have made sense if it did power it because it's only yeah. a black and white screen. It's a black and white LCD screen, so it's like. You could have just made it also power it via the crank. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, for me, I think that's going to be a hard pass. I don't... I mean... All right, so I'm a person who actually did have a Game Boy, original Game Boy. Yep. The, the battery eater. And... Actually, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. But yeah, I had the original Game Boy, and it was great, and it was fun, and I liked it. But I'm not, I'm not going to buy that again. Yeah. Like, you know... 30 years later, I'm not buying a 30-year-old console. I mean, that's that's what I see this as. I mean, it's going to have new games on it. They are developing new games specifically for yeah. it, but I don't 
well, I don't see why anybody would want this. Who asked for this? Yeah, I... There's, I mean, they are smart and they're going to make it limited run. And that's probably why it's so expensive. I mean, you know, with manufacturing, you can make things cheaper. Yeah. And so, but I don't even see the purpose. Why even make this thing? This is not... Oh, this is a because you can. Interesting. What's that? This is a because you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it just seems dumb. Oh, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, who who wants this thing? I mean, I'd be far more willing to buy the 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 sex game console that we talked about some months back. I don't know. This one's got a crank. Yeah, but the other one is a boob. Again, crank. Yeah, but... You can be a weirdo on a bus cranking your Game Boy. Yeah. And I'm sorry, how many video games do you have that have a crank in them already? None, because nobody asked for it. Exactly. And of all the things, that's an that's an interesting one. I mean, there's a lot of different controls you could add to a little, you know, to a game system. And of the all the possible controls you could add to a game system, a crank seems awfully limited. Yeah. On what you could do with it. I mean, it it's. I I mostly think this will be a. Novelty item for weirdos like me, like it's it's gonna be limited supplies. It's it's not meant to be a real con. It's not meant to be a real thing. It's just, hey, we're making this. Yeah, um, I believe it actually has some. I I don't. I assume it has Wi-Fi or something. Don't know. I hmm. Weird. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I read read another article that apparently they're going to release it with a certain number of games just for free built in. Yeah. I, and then you can buy, then you'll be able to buy additional packs of games later. Yeah. I suppose it's got like a USB port or something you can do something with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the graphics, I mean, I'm just looking at the graphics right now. I'm kind of also been done on the whole pixel yeah. art graphics it you has to it has to be a pretty darn good game to get me interested in playing a pixel art game yeah uh, i mean you know uh and and the thing is i have played one kind of recently dead cells which is a fantastic game that's yep. uh, yeah i this it's i think i think we could see some cool custom type things well sometimes limiting what like the capabilities and limiting what you can yeah. work with can actually create some pretty cool creativity i think that's what actually like what we found on a lot of the mobile early mobile consoles was working with what you have and trying to do something interesting with that and i think you know with you know stuck to grayscale and this crank thing it's probably going to have some interesting games on it yeah but I'm not. I'm not willing to pay that. That much just for seems it. nifty and weird. Yeah. Speaking of nifty and weird, are you gonna keep doing that? No, I actually don't have a good transition for that one. <laughs> uh, speaking of dumb and confusing, more accurately, uh, <laughs> what if I told you they were making another Call of Duty Modern Warfare game, Henry? I. I wouldn't care personally. But... You wouldn't, but what if I told you this would be the second video game, hypothetically, 
by that exact same name from the same developer in the same franchise. And I would say God of War. Fair, <laughs> actually, yeah. I'm not. You're absolutely right. So it, it appears that the next Call of Duty <laughs> game is going to just be called Call of Duty Modern Warfare, not to be confused with Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. But you're absolutely right. We have two g- games just called God of War out there, so I should shut the hell up on this one. This is equally dumb. <laughs> you're yep. 100% right. Yeah, it's... Why? Why not? Why? Especially confusing if they ever think of making a remake. <laughs> I. Which remake will it be of? Is it that Modern Warfare? It's not even a or remake. That other it's Modern just, Warfare. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This one isn't a remake. But I mean, when if they do choose to make a remake, yeah. which one will they remake? I. This comes on the tails <laughs> of a bunch of store of rumors about the current ongoing development of. The, the the next upcoming Call of Duty being a tad turbulent, so of course, mm. life is a nightmare with no ending. Ah, <sighs> uh, Telltale Gaming Disorder or Nate Nanzer next? Um, uh, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Let's do Nate Nanzer quickly. It's a pretty quick one. Uh, so yeah, Nate Nanzer of um OWL, that's the Overwatch League fame, has. Departed, he's the commissioner of that actually, has departed Blizzard for Epic Games to work as kind of the head of their esportification for Fortnite. You know that game? They keep trying to do this for it, it keeps kind of backfiring on them. Well, um, and we talked about this some months back that Fortnite was about to dump like literally like billions of dollars into. Yeah really pushing the competitive aspect of, of Fortnite. I'm sure Nate Nanzer is part of that. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. That's that's 100% the reason he's going over there. But Yeah. Yep. And that's that's one section of that billions of dollars going over to him. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I it's we're about to come up on League of Legends finally doing the thing I was wanted to do, which was not League of Legends, sorry, the OWL have you know, the teams actually live in the goddamn cities they play for, so... Mm. But also, like, we've talked about the OWL a hell of a lot less this year than or the first, second season we did the first season. Like, it was new and inventive at first, and yeah. now it's kind of... Yeah, it's still a thing. I have the and finals last still year. Wild, still wildly successful, and... Yeah. And that's, and you know, that's probably why they hired him on it's just like yeah okay well you actually managed to pull it off so let's see if you can pull it off with the most famous game ever yeah i continue to not be really sure if fortnite esports is something people actually want or just something that a select group of people really want to make happen because reasons i i, I do not get because that money one. yeah let's be honest because money yeah but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's weird. It's, I mean, I, I say it's weird because there's a lot of similarities between Overwatch and Fortnite. Yeah. And, uh, so, well, I, not, I guess, certain similarities. But I just, I don't know. I think people like to root for teams. I, we it's, are tribal it, that it, way. People, yeah, people like to root for teams, and Fortnite isn't is a battle royale, and so, mm, I mean, there's a reason why 
Right. So I think it end up it'll just always end up being more niche, like the fighting game community is. I think Overwatch League gets a lot of people watching it. Like it's it has kind of a little more widespread popularity, but like the fighting game community, which is based on you know individual people, individual players. Yeah. I mean, it's like all right, so it's like, could you name for me a FGC? person a famous fgc person daigo yep and that's only because of internet memes sonic fox yeah that's and because he won an award uchimara (laughs) i'm sure this won't sound into uchimara but you know it's but it's not as popular as say they're again rooting for a team and i think that's what do you what do you think they're gonna do you think they're gonna try to add a idea of a team aspect? There already are technically team battles possible in Fortnite, so I I, I guess, like, and this is kind of where my reaction runs into this one, where I think I could see if PUBG and Fortnite are the two big battle royales, I would rather watch competitive PUBG than Fortnite. Like, there's nothing about Fortnite I enjoy watching or engaging with. Like, it's... I just like the building aspect of it that... Sure, I... That makes it a little more interesting Sh- for me. No, 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 and I get that appeal of that, but it's one of those ones where it's like watching Minecraft at that point. It's just not for me, and I'd much rather just watch cool stuff being built than this kind of bizarre race to a tower thing that Fortnite seems to devolve into at high level. But I don't watch lots of Fortnite, so I could be talking on my ass at this point. I, it's that there is mechanics in PUBG that Fortnite lacks, and I think make it more inherently interesting to me as a competitive game, like. I think of Fortnite in the same way as I think of Halo to a certain extent, where yeah, there's a lower skill to get kind of decent at the game compared to its competitors. Like if Halo and Fort Halo is Fortnite, where kind of PUBG is as Counter Strike, where Counter Strike back when it was kind of Counter Strike versus Halo, Counter Strike was brutal. Counter Strike still is brutal, but in some ways it's gotten more forgiving in a bizarre way. And as a result, at the time, I'd have rather watched Counter-Strike because you could have matches over in seconds kind of thing. Like, the wrong thing would happen is everyone would get wiped in, like, just a couple clicks if you weren't careful kind of thing. And Halo was, wow, that guy has that shotgun, but he's going to kill a bunch of people real quick. Or he's running the combo. Okay, cool, whatever. Sniper rifles, yeah. fun. For me, personally, I prefer Ring of Elysium. Yeah, you like playing that one more. I I don't know what the yeah. esportification of Ring of Elysium is like. I, I personally yeah, I don't, I don't know either. <clears throat> I personally don't think any of the fort, any of the battle royales, the Fortnites, have good esports stuff that I actually want to watch. But also, with the exception of fighting games and like some speedrunny stuff, I don't watch esports. They're not for me because they're often in games I don't care about. Like I. I feel shitty saying that, but like I watch Evo because I like Evo, and I like fighting games. But I think like compared to all the other ones, fighting games have the advantage of you can look at a fighting game and kind of get what's going on instantaneously. All of the yeah, well they're short for one thing. Yeah, like the the matches are timed and not very long. They're just not going to be very long matches, and so they're generally going to be pretty full of action as well. Yeah, um, OWL works because you can explain the rules of overwatch pretty quickly this team's attacking and they're trying to push this target to there and this team's defending yeah. okay cool got it mobas 
You're trying to destroy the enemy base. Got it. Cool. You have to go through these towers to get there. Awesome. Battle Royales are a tad more complicated. I think it's why I like PUBG over Fortnite is Fortnite has the very cool, but also like, why the fuck are they building aspect of it, where PUBG is all about bullet drop and kind of horror game tension, which I think makes it more interesting to watch. And it like Fortnite is also the whole controversy thing. Like they had some health regeneration stuff going on that made that game aggressive to watch. Which I thought sounded kind of cool, but that's gone. And lots of pro players, kind of air quotations, pro players for that game are now pissed off at that game for changing that. And it kind of comes down to what type of game are you making? Counter-Strike is not confused who Counter-Strike is for. It's for Adderall and bethed out teenagers. <laughs> it's not trying to appeal to anyone else. Fortnite wants to be everything to everyone, and I think that's the problem because... Like, you're never going to get me to play Fortnite. Like, they've done some stuff that seemed cool, but you're just never going to get me to play. It's just that simple. I don't care about that. And if I'm going to play a Battle Royale, I'm going to play the kind of weirdly gritty, dark military shooter ones like Ring of Elysium or PUBG because I don't want the added bullshit of like, oh, I have this pet and vehicles that are bubble cars and grappling hooks and... Yeah, like the fan, like Fortnite's biggest asset is that whole like Guardians of the Gal, the Thanos stuff they had seemed cool, but I'd rather just play that game than Fortnite. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I still, yeah, I just kind of think that's it's a hard one because, yeah, I mean, I think it to make. Fortnite a good competitive esport game, you're going to need some extremely good sort of people that are doing the camera work as it was. Like, you know, who are we we're, who are we going to spy on? And the, but the problem is there's a whole lot of it where people don't see each other for long yeah. periods of time and you, and it's can sometimes be kind of hard to predict when some when two people are going to when you actually are going to find a firefight. So, yeah, I could, it's just, it's going to rely a lot on the camera work and, you know, who, who to focus on, as well as the announcers making it exciting. Because there's just long lull times of people just building things and not fighting. Yeah, I, I, I would also argue that kind of all the stuff that makes Fortnite successful commercially makes it bad from an esports perspective. Like, that game is perpetually changing, which is cool bad for people that work for them allegedly but like as a consumer it's neat that the game is progressing and changing that quickly but like this dropped the shot like the shotgun from like a, a sorry a shotgun from the game and people seem yeah. pissed about that and i could imagine like if you were a professional player and like you get real good at that shotgun and they go yo shotguns out of the game now you'd be pissed i i, I don't know like, uh, but that, that happens anyway because all right so i mean just for overwatch they have drastically changed characters in Overwatch and changed the meta completely sure. multiple times. But they do it in like a season like, standpoint as opposed to... Yeah, yeah and, and it's... Yeah, I mean, like, like I, I, you know, I can just... You know, I can think of multiple instances where they're like, they, they actually changed characters pretty... So, I mean, that's, 
that's always going to be a thing. Yeah, and I think the difference being that, like, in that case, it's in the sake of balance and, and kind of a more competitive game. Fortnite occasionally seems to grapple with, like, accessibility and how do we make people that don't care about Fortnite competitive care about Fortnite competitive. I, I, I don't know. Like, again, yeah. like, it goes back to the I don't watch Twitch to watch competitive uh, Battle Royale games. I don't find them interesting, mostly because, as you mentioned, sometimes those games are won by people that get like two or three kills that just got real good loadouts and camped it the rest of the fucking game. Yep, and so, yeah, there's just, there's too much lull time, whereas, at least in, you know, some of the others that we've mentioned, like, you know, PUBG and Ring of Elysium, there's a push to keep exploring yeah. more because you aren't stuck just there's no there you don't just set up there's you don't you know in Fortnite you can kind of set up there's no waiting around it's more exploring but even with that it's like that's not that that's not a, that exciting watching players run around you know, looking at objects and then not liking the object and not even picking it up. Yeah. It's like, well, then you, uh, they're like, oh, there's, there's, oh, there's a gun. Okay. He didn't pick that one up. Oh, there's another gun. He didn't pick that one up. Oh, that has to be boring for an announcer. Announcer. And then you've got other games out there too, other, the lesser well known, like, um, Hunters the Reckoning, which again is kind of a battle royale game, except the ultimate goal is not to kill the other players, it's to kill a monster and then extract with like the monster token. That's more cool. That's more fun to watch for me than other things. Like, I, we don't talk about it often. But the game called Escape from Tarkov is what I think the future of battle royales is. But that game mm. is also like still in super development and kind of sketchy development. But it's also inherently cool where you have enemies on the map that are NPCs, but also like the greatest danger is other players. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm interested in one called Egress. I I remember hearing it about an e, at an E4, and or E3, I mean, E3. Um, so it's it's basically a battle royale in the Victorian era. So you might want to check out um Hunter the Reckoning then. I think it's called Hunter the Reckoning. Oh yeah, I'm I'm familiar with Hunter the Reckoning, but Egress uh, sounds kind of cool too. I've yeah, I've kinda of looked at it and checked it out a bit, but that, that wouldn't be kind of cool. But no, yeah. that's the wrong game. Um But yeah, I've 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 been checking out Hunter the Reckoning. Sorry, Hunt uh, Hunt Show uh, Hunt Showdown, that's what I was thinking of. The Hunt Showdown, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The Hunt. Yeah. And yeah, I've been looking at that. I haven't picked it up or anything, but Yeah. It's it is still in early access, of course. But yeah, I yeah, I'm definitely thinking about I've been thinking about that one too. I think uh but for me, the best Battle Royale game, which I don't have because I don't have a Switch, is Tetris 99. Yeah, I... <laughs> Tetris 99 is cool. I would, I like, you know what? I would watch competitive Tetris 99. I have watched I'm a... te- competitive Tetris 99. Well, I mean, I mean, it's always competitive, but I mean, like, as an eSport. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, I, I, I've watched a tournament of it. It was impressive. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah. Pretty cool, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I wish I had a chance to play it. I would really love to play it. Yeah. Or oh, oh no, I played it very, very briefly on somebody else's Switch, but I didn't really play much. But yeah, I am very interested in that. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. 
second to last this week. Um, gaming disorder is officially a thing. I feel like we talked about this being officially a thing a couple months back, but apparently it's now officially, officially a thing on the World Health Organization list. I think last time we talked about it, it was being considered. But yes, gaming disorder is officially a disease. What is gaming disorder, you ask? Uh, it's basically addictive behavior video games. Yeah, I I don't know about this. It seems really weird. It's lumped in with a gambling disorder, if you will. Yeah, I mean, they're both just compulsive disorders. I mean, yeah. I, I don't see a reason to separate them or even to... I don't know, this just seems to me the latest wave in just people... Uh, this this latest attack on video gaming as a whole and on gamers as a whole, I think it's a. I I think I kind of, I agree that, all right. So some other mental health professionals, apparently caused called it a junk diagnosis. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not. I'm not in psychiatry, but it seems awfully vague and weird. Just, you know, being a scientist, I just looking at what how they've written is just weird and vague. I mean, all right, so a pattern of persistent or recurring gaming behavior, which may be online or offline. And an increasing priority is, given to gaming is, to the extreme that gaming. So what is gaming behavior? I, it's like what is gaming behavior? I think it's the it playing no of video sense. games, it's, but yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's too vague. I, it's so wide open, all right? So, I mean, it's because there's so many different types of what you would call video games. I mean, nobody would put Tetris 99 and Monster Hunter World in the same in the same I don't know, know they're both category. brutal games. But you know, they're but they're completely different. And then I put those along, you know, put those alongside Stories Untold, which I've been playing through and it's like None of those games are even remotely similar in their mechanics, in what yeah. draws you to them, anything about them. I, it, I could, and I could just keep naming games that are just so wildly different from each other. How can you lump them all in and say gaming behavior? I mean, you might as well say call watching TV a disorder. Well, and I think that's kind of like when you get into the thing I was mentioning, like the whole. The increasing priority given to gaming to the extreme, that like gaming's pressing over other life activities and daily activities. Like, it's the. Someone made a joke to me once where it's like, if you talked about an activity the way some people talk about running, is it. Like, like remember a couple of years ago when people were fucking obsessed with the activity of running, where like everyone's doing marathons, all of a sudden, like running was suddenly the cool activity to do? Yeah. Like, it was the idea of, it's the, okay, because we think of running as a healthy activity, except occasionally you can overrun and injure yourself pretty badly. Blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. It was this bizarre time period where the joke kind of was, yeah, if you replace the word running with anything else, these people seem like they have a real like a, a real addiction of some kind. But because it's running, yeah, and it's And that's fine. really what it just needs to be classified yeah. as. It's addiction. It's compulsion. It's compulsive behavior. Yeah. it's a, And that's all they really need to do. Instead of and this is to me the big thing. It's really just an attempt to to demonize gaming. Yep. It's yet another crass, ham-fisted attempt to demonize gaming. 
and to demonize gamers. Yep. And I think it's super dumb, kind of honestly screw them for even doing that because it's not even like not even mental health professionals agree on that at all. But all of them, and it's not helpful. And that's the thing; these diagnoses no. are supposed to be helpful. This is not helpful. It's too vague, and it's just a part of the greater part of addiction. I mean, identifying. I mean, all right. So, so how would you diagnose it? By, I mean, you would diagnose it the exact same way you would diagnose any addiction. So, how does that help? It doesn't help anything. It doesn't assist with anything. It just adds a demonization of a perfectly normal activity. I mean, are we going to have sports disorder? Because holy no, crap, that's exactly what I'm getting sports. at. Yeah, like that's. But I mean, sports are healthy and normal, and not video games. I'm not. I'm not talking about playing sports. I'm talking about fans. Of no, sports. I, that's what I'm getting at too. Yeah, sports are normal to be that into. Yeah, I think this is ham-fisted, dumb, unhelpful, demonizing a perfectly normal pastime. It's like, yep. seriously, like people get people know all the stats of every player on their favorite teams as well as other teams. They dress, they buy loads of stuff. They dress up like they they buy they go to games painted up. I mean, are we going to call that? I mean, and they will do this. At the cost of their health, their money, their budget. So are we gonna are we gonna make a new one? Sports disorder. I because you might as well if you're gonna keep making specific versions of addiction, you might as well make one for every single type of addiction. Let's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not helpful. It's not useful. It's too vague. Amazingly vague because video games as a medium are even more are so vastly different than even like it would be easier to make a sports disorder definition yeah because generally your fans of sports are kind of acting in very similar ways yep and and are engaging in the same activities yep the exact same types of activities that is you know information about your favorite teams and players paraphernalia you know def, you know jerseys and and you know yep whatever whereas with games it's like you com you can't compare a world of warcraft player with a somebody playing stories untold with somebody playing pokemon go yeah it's completely different behaviors i mean you just it's just different behaviors all of, i mean that's why all right, all right. So in game video game design, video game production, video game design, there's one part of the process where you where you try to identify your target audience because your target audience varies wildly. Yeah. Because of and this is and this is on some very specific things, one of them being the amount of time spent per play. And so that is are we looking to capture your Casual players who maybe spend between a you know a couple of minutes to maybe ten or fifteen at the most to play a game. Are we going at sort of the medium people who could go from thirty to a couple of hours? Are we looking for hardcore people who will yeah. play a game for like eight hours, but you know, it, you know take stops or whatever, but come back to it in the same day, you know, and 
that's completely different types of behavior already, right? Just right there, as well as what they do in the game. I mean, is it so? You know, playing a mobile game is different than playing like an FPS. Is different than playing a game with a gamepad, yeah, or or even versus mouse and keyboard, and it's just it's so it's not one thing. It's not one thing at all, and the behavior. And see, that's where, and that's the way these are classified is, they're identified by behavior. But the behavior for different types of video games is so wildly different. Like I said, it's way more similar between people that are fans of sports. Yeah. Sports fans have the same behaviors. They mirror each other. Different types of video gamers don't mirror each other's behaviors. It's just wildly different. Somebody can be addicted to world of warcraft and another person can be addicted to uh pokemon go but their behavior and their actions are going to be wildly different and the and the thing that's actually addicting them that is the part of the game the mechanics of the game or some you know what element of the game is actually addicting them that's going to be wildly different yeah so this classification doesn't help with that at all it's dumb I mean, yep. it's, I mean, seriously, they must have nobody in their entire organization who've played a video game, which blows me away. I think it's more... I mean, seriously, they, they must not have a single person in their entire organization that's ever picked up a video game. How can anybody be this completely dense and dumb about video games in 2019? I, I mean... So I'm, if this was 1980, I would understand that. I'm like, yeah, there's not been a lot of research, not a lot of people know about video games, and so maybe they don't know. No, it's 2019. Do some research. I will, I will gift you some video games on Steam, so that you know what a video game is, you idiots. I, I don't disagree with your anger on this one. I think it's distilling it down to they've just never played a video game is a little. Unfair is the wrong word. But they have. It's obvious that they haven't. I mean, to me, it's completely obvious that they haven't. They have not studied them seriously, or else they would realize exactly what I've been talking about. I I would argue they're probably pulling from examples that fit their thesis. Like, it's. This is one of those ones which is even worse. (laughs) Cherry picking your data. Oh, no. I'm not saying that's a good thing. That is is worse. My point more being, like, it's. Yeah. And they're not saying games inherently cause this. It's kind of like alcoholism at this point. Not everyone has alcohol, so that drinks alcohol, but it is a classification now with the World Health Organization, which is a whole kind of weirder topic. And I think the argument of it doesn't need to exist because it's a general addiction is a fair one. The fact it's nestled up to gaming as opposed to kind of more of a compulsion, I don't know how to feel about that one personally, but... But it's like you can't even compare different types of people who would have gaming disorder. I mean... How is this even useful? I mean, I'm just thinking about this I don't from think the it perspective is. I think of a psychiatrist. Sort of very specific group or of people so they can slap labels on stuff. And those people don't care how accurate this is. But it's like these things are supposed to help mental health professionals, and this is not helpful. I would argue that a lot of these classifications don't ne- probably don't necessarily Man, help. Man, I wish, I wish Dr. Jim was here to weigh in on this. Yeah. I, th- I, I, yeah, I definitely, I mean... I think he'd have way better insight, but I mean, well, yeah, I think I, I'm willing to bet this a bunch of junk classifications within this too. 
Like, yeah, like, why it's does just, this exist? it doesn't, I mean, it, you know, what, it's so vague, it's not even useful in, in figuring anything out. Like I said, the addictive behaviors of different games are yeah. vastly different. What's, what's actually drawing people to play these games? What draws you to play Pokemon Go is not going to be the same set of oh, yeah, no. if things this was, that make if you want to play like Monster Hunter If this was like Wowaholism or something, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, that's a thing. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can get that because that's a very specific thing. It is yeah. what draws you into into. I mean, and not just WoW. I'd say into MMORPGs. Yeah. I could say that could possibly be one because then you can pinpoint. All right, so this is the type of gamer that's into these. Is they're putting yeah. a lot of hours into it at one time instead of just spurts of five to ten minutes every so often. Yeah. Um. And that it's you know, and other and other activities like that that are that are that are the addiction part, the grinding part of it. Yeah. And which makes it, I mean, and those are very different things than what attracts people to probably get addicted to Pokemon Go. Yep. It's not the same. Just not the same. It's just so having this blanket disorder is dumb. Makes no sense. Literally helps no one in anything. And just demonizes video games for even further for you know idiots in government who've never played a video game, so that they can point at that and say, "Oh, look, it's a disease! It's a disease!" That's really all it is. I, I'm pretty sure this has been done by ignorant political player, political politicians. That's really what this. I I feel like this is driven by. It's it's political. I really do feel like it's political so that, sure. to a certain extent so that they can point at and say, look, gaming's an addiction. Addiction. Let's put a bunch of dumb laws on it. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm pretty vehemently disagree. It, this is... Uh, why? Why? With, all, with actual important things going on in the world that you could be studying and researching, that are way more important and way harsher. It's like you throw out a blanket definition to demonize video games. Yep. Well done. No thanks, I hate it. But if they're not doing it, who will? Yeah. Yep. And rant. Yep. <laughs> so we save this last one for last because it's not controversial. It's just dumb. So, uh, <laughs> Telltale Games, as we all know, Telltale, a company that got kind of, the employees got fucked sideways when it shut down kind of abruptly and a lot of people lost their jobs, is literally getting delisted from a variety of uh, digital platforms currently. So, bye-bye for good, yeah, Telltale. It definitely seems that way. So, what delisting means, as opposed to being gone forever, just means you won't be able to buy these things. Uh, if you've been curious about them, now would be the time to buy such things. Uh, the Wolf Among Us, the Batman games, and the Tales in the Borderlands mm -hmm. being the mm -hmm. only ones I can actively recommend of that franchise. Go get them now. Uh, go get them as soon as you can. By the time this goes up, I think they will officially be gone, which is kind of shitty. But yeah. Well, we we can say dead telltales tell no tales. Yes. Well, so and do you get what's going on with like? <laughs> What's going on with these is even more insane than it seems at face value because the games are selling still pretty okayly. It's the fact there's no one to pay the royalties to that's the problem. Well, I thought somebody bought the rights. 
I that may be the case, but I I don't I thought, know at I this thought, point. Isn't that right? I I thought somebody had maybe had to Walking Dead. To so, yeah, not to all of it. I yeah. think it was pieced apart to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah I mean it, that may I mean that makes sense if there's like who do these who does this money actually go yeah. to? That's the question. Then yeah, you can't really sell it. Well, so and that's kind of it's what we have to talk. Weird. That, it's kind of a cool thing to talk about, I think. And like so, because these are digital platforms, they have technically mm. an infinite stock of the game. Yes, and yes. like it's the you can probably go buy these games in a store. And there's no there's gonna be no legal issues. Why the store, for better or worse, owns the physical copy of the game. They already bought it. Yeah, they it's, bought it's it. Theirs. Yeah, it's it's theirs. They can sell it. But because you can essentially kind of like hypothetically there's an end to the number of steam keys steam could put out except there really probably technically isn't so they can keep printing the game quotations on printing forever hypothetically and just because you have the money lying around doesn't mean it actually belongs to you so from a business standpoint you have to remove the ability to wind up with surplus money essentially from a legal standpoint which is why this is happening yeah i mean it's like it all right, so all right, so there is a weird game system or not really game system, game add-on called the Aladdin for the original NES. Yeah. And it's not clear whether it was actually put out for sale on a wide scale, yep. but it was on a small scale, but you had essentially you had these couple of basically a couple of businesses that bought the remaining stock whenever the company went out of business whenever or whenever they, yeah they stopped producing that yeah. kind of that branch went out of business and so they end up with a bunch of this hardware well because they bought it they bought this actual hardware they were able to sell it so all the all the Aladdins floating around now are primarily from this couple of businesses that just bought all this stock, and then because they bought the stock, they could sell it. You know, it, it, there's a limited amount, and yeah. they actually properly bought them. Whereas with, yeah, like you said, with Steam and good old games and whatever, they didn't buy, they don't buy every digital copy and then sell it. No. That's not the way it works. Well, even if they are, they're kind of generating the keys to give you access to it. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a weird situation, but it's in it just has to happen in this case. They can't like there's not leftover copies of this thing yeah. hanging around on a store shelf. Yeah. I just find this whole concept fascinating because it's it's some dark cyberpunk shit where it's like, yeah, never need to think about this before, but now we totally do. Yep. And it's a nightmare. A beautiful kind of fascinating to think about nightmare, but a nightmare nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, the the digital the digital distribution age has changed a lot of the rules. Yeah. I mean, they basically have, have to have their own set of rules in the way they work and Yeah. I expect to see more of you know, even more of this happening oh, yeah. pretty often. As games are delisted simply because the company that produces them no longer exists. Yep. And on that same vein, you're going to find people buying up, I guess, like essentially distribution rights for these that have nothing to do with games just to make the money yep. off kind of the back end of it. Like it's the bizarre one of, like, 
from a publisher standpoint, a game's got to make money to be profitable. But from like, if I could buy a Telltale game at this point, a couple hundred sales a month is a pretty good deal in my book still. Hell, like 10 is still money in my yep. pocket, hypothetically. You, it's like, yeah, I mean, you didn't have to make the game or support it. Either. Yeah, I'm out no Not money really. except the ownership of that thing, which hypothetically, if it's a, in this situation, probably could be paid off relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to announce um, SWS Holding will be buying dead video game companies so that we can reap <laughs> the benefits of their slow, bleeding death Steam sales. Yeah. Is it scummy? <laughs> yes. Are we going to do it oh, still? Yeah. If we can afford to. <laughs> Soon we will be Telltale Games or Telltold Games. <laughs> Told Tale Games? <laughs> Developing nothing new and just camping on rights. And we're going to come after all of you YouTubers that do the games. For no reason. Yeah. Yep. Monetize everything. Basically, yeah. That does it for news this week. I'm going to check on emails if we have this. I don't believe we have any this week. But if you wanted to contact us, Henry, how would you go about doing that? That would be wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. We indeed don't have any emails this week. My memory was not betraying me. So, yeah, that does it for this week. Um, Anthony, you want to talk before we get the hell out of here? Um, I'll just mention that I'm, uh, I've been getting started back into social media, so I, so I will actually have posts on there again. <laughs> Uh, I am on I'm on Facebook and on Instagram as Kraken Zero, that is Z E R Zero, and and also I am Nomad Har, Nomad H A R on Twitch, and so that's where I can you can see my stuff and be reached. Yep. Uh. Yeah. And that's I don't know. I guess that's pretty much all I have to say. No. Good enough. Yeah, that does it for this week. Uh, do you want to take us out or should I? All right. Cue the metal. Cue the metal.